Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and I want to start today's show by giving Albany CrossFit and Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team member Mike Mickery a huge shout out. Mike has been on the show in the past, so go back and make sure you listen to his episode where he discussed how at the end of 2020, he was going to be getting spinal surgery to correct his scoliosis. Now, Mike is hands down one of the toughest people I know. I don't know how he goes about doing his workouts with his scoliosis and the pain that he was constantly feeling, and also to make the decision at such a young age to go after this surgery, to get rods put into his back, to straighten his spine. It certainly would have terrified me. I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do what he has done. So he's also one of the bravest people that I definitely know. But he had that surgery, and he I was talking to him yesterday, and he's given me a lot of good feedback on how he is feeling. The surgery went well, he's walking, he started physical therapy, and he can breathe better. And this is, this is a huge thing. I mean, the, the plot keeps on thickening. You know, I, I keep learning more information as we get going, but apparently the doctors or the physical therapist said that because of his scoliosis, the way his spine was, was orientated, it was putting a lot of pressure on his ribs and a lot of his ribs were getting compressed and crushed. And now they're open. Now they're in a alignment that they should be. And he says that he can breathe so much better. And if you've heard any of the stories about Mike, or if you've worked out with him before, maybe you're a member of Albany CrossFit, you know that he is an absolute beast in those CrossFit Metcons. He can push like no one else can push. And that's with a limited aerobic capacity. So I can't even imagine, I was talking to Mike about this yesterday, you are going to be a monster when you come back. The ribs are in proper alignment, we can breathe. So that means breathing during workouts is gonna be easier. I, he's gonna crush workouts like Fran. Normally we all live in fear of a workout like Fran. I think right now Fran is shaking in her little boots. Thrusters and pull-ups are gonna be no problem for Mike when he comes back. So. I can't wait to see him just continue to make this progress, to get stronger again, to put muscle on in a new way around his back. I'm glad he's feeling good about it. It looks like this was the right decision. And I'll just keep reporting back on how Mike is doing. And we're certainly going to have to get Mike back on the podcast, of course, to talk about his experiences, to give us all an update. And uh, he's just going to be a whole new man. So great job, Mike. Again, you are one of the toughest and bravest people that I think most of us know, and you are just going to be an absolute monster when you get back into the gym. I can't wait to see it. So uh, anyways, great job again, Mike. Glad everything's going well. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about how in spending my morning today, it's Friday. Typically, Friday is a big programming day for me. Programming, writing lesson plans for the next week. And this is part of the unseen aspects of coaching. You know, coaching is a lot more than just being in the room, uh, telling people what the workout on the board is, and then having them run through that workout. And maybe you run around the room and you give some feedback and coaching cues. There's a lot more going on. And really, there's 
lesson plans to be written. There's athletes to be checked in on. There's programming to be written. There's modifications that you might need to give people. Maybe someone has to work out at home for a little while, so you have to change the programming for them. There's goal setting. There's nutrition setting. There's so much that goes into it. Uh, there's maybe even a little bit of light counseling. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, you're stressed out at work? Well, let, let's talk about it. Tell me what's going on in your life. And maybe I can offer some advice or maybe I can just be someone to listen, uh, whether it be on voice or just in text. Tell your coach what's going on. We talked about that yesterday. The more you communicate with your coach, the better because a coach is not a mind reader and then they can help you with these little things or maybe even just point you in the right direction. I mean, I know for me personally, these days I'll get people messaging me and they're not happy with maybe their aesthetics or maybe their performance in some aspect of the gym, whether this be CrossFit or weightlifting, maybe they wanna lose a couple pounds and I'll offer some light advice. But these days I, I point them in a direction, hey, let's get you a nutrition coach. Let's, you know, I'll handle the weightlifting. I'll handle the CrossFit. But what you need is someone to handle your nutrition and handle your nutrition in the way that I'm going to handle your weightlifting and other things. I used to kind of do it all. I certainly can work with people on their nutrition. But for me personally, that's not my passion in coaching. I, I did it for a little while and I'm kind of out of the nutrition game in terms of mentoring others and offering advice and following up with people and adjusting macros and all that stuff. Uh, maybe that's a whole another podcast topic to talk about on another day. Kind of got burnt out on helping people with nutrition because you have so many clients that aren't willing to put in the work. They just wanted that initial consultation, someone to talk to about their nutrition and get all excited about starting a new plan. And then as a coach, you find yourself checking in with them every day and they're not doing it. And that's really defeating for me. It's like, I, I honestly, I don't want to work with people who don't want to put in the work. So after a while, I'm like, you know, what? I'm done with nutrition. I'd rather focus on strength, conditioning, weightlifting, you know, the, the workout aspect of training and someone else can handle all that other stuff. And you know what? I think that's a, a better role for me. I think it's better for the, the athletes. Go and seek out that guidance. Yeah, you're probably going to have to pay a little more for it. But if that helps keep you accountable, awesome. And maybe that person has better tools than I did to help keep you accountable. But it's just not for me anymore. Anyways, that was a side tangent. Uh, the unseen aspects of coaching. You know, I, I think athletes sometimes don't realize this. A lot goes on around their training session, around that one hour, whether it be for Barbell Club or whether it be for CrossFit. Someone has to set up those rowers. Someone has to write the workout on the board. Someone has to put it in Wattify or whatever software you're using to display your workouts so athletes can record their scores. Someone had to do the programming and write those workouts and plot it along the course of weeks and months and how that training is going to fit into a calendar year. Uh, someone had to uh, make sure that we have the correct amount of equipment and do a little inventory at the gym. Uh, someone has to write the warm-ups, write a lesson plan. How will this hour flow? What are we going to do so one piece bleeds into the next and we get good benefits from one exercise to the next? There's so much that goes on outside of that one hour. 
Heck, it might even be someone texting you and saying, hey, get your butt to class. Where are you? I haven't seen you in a week. These are all the unseen aspects of coaching. And I think sometimes people looking on the outside in, they think coaching is a pretty easy job. They just see, okay, well, I mean, James is just in here for just an hour and this looks like a pretty cushy job. I wish I could do this. I could just stand at the board and tell people to do these burpees and other things and then walk around and, and give people feedback. And But what they don't see is all the other stuff that goes on. They don't see when the class leaves, or maybe they do because I, I myself and other coaches kind of do it when people are there. They don't see when you're putting out fresh towels. They don't see when the floors are being cleaned. They don't see you on your hands and knees uh, putting down floor taping, which when Murph and I did that at the back in August, you know, just before the gym was going to open, you know, we were talking about how this is coaching. We're on our hands and knees taping out an entire room so we can have workout stations with all these new guidelines. You know, our knees are hurting. The, uh, the, we're, we're trying to get this tape down. It's certainly a pain in the ass to get that whole room taped. Then we had to tape the barbell club room that took hours. And that's something that someone might not realize, but that's part of coaching. Getting the stage prepped for your athlete is coaching. Same thing with weightlifting, getting all those papers ready, all the crunching, all the numbers, making sure every single person is ready for meet day. That's all part of coaching. But I think sometimes people looking in, they're like, well, that seems like a simple job, but they don't realize that that one hour of class time has several hours circled around it of prep and other things that are happening. And then just a whole calendar week, it has so much going on involved with it to make sure everything runs smoothly. And you know what? If you do go to your gym, your barbell club, whatever it is, if things seem simple, that means, in my opinion, that the coaching staff is doing a really good job. If you're like, like if things are just always set, you're just like, all right, the workout's on the board. You know, like imagine how much you would notice if you came in and the workout was never written on the board or the coach was doing it right at the beginning of class while they're trying to talk to everybody or you didn't have enough equipment or the equipment wasn't staged or, or things weren't moved around, you would certainly notice those things. And then you'd be like, wow, these people aren't prepared for me. And that would affect your overall experience as an athlete. And a good job as a coach is to make this look super simple with all the work that's done on the back end and that way it's a smooth and a good experience for you as an athlete. All you have to worry about is coming in, getting the direction that you need to get a good training session in, and then doing that work. And then the coach will come around and continue to work their craft of helping you move better and helping you get the most out of your hour or couple hours at the gym. So there's a lot of unseen aspects of coaching. And a lot of it for me today was spent several hours here at my desk, writing lesson plans, doing programming, thinking about the future, plotting dates on a calendar for several of my athletes who are looking to qualify or go to certain competitions or do them online. All of this takes a lot of advanced prep work and someone's got to do it. And you know what? I'm wearing the, uh, the, the hat that says coach on it. So that's me. That's what I have to do. So, and I don't mind doing it. I love doing it. Uh, like I said on Monday's podcast, you know, if you love it, it's worth it. This is all part of the job of being a coach. So I just thought that was something fun and interesting to talk about. I was certainly thinking about it while I was sitting here. I'm like, this is something that no one will ever see, you know, unless I talk about it 
or unless maybe someone stops by my house and they pop their head into my office, highly unlikely. Uh, no one other than maybe Joanna is going to see this part of the coaching process. Now, speaking of coaching and writing lesson plans and things like that, uh, kind of give a little bit of insight into the structure of our Barbell Club class sessions. Uh, it's certainly changed throughout the course of the years, uh, and it will change again. Uh, I'm constantly trying to change things because uh, the more I learn, the more I can apply to what our Barbell Club is doing. So I'm always trying to learn and get a little bit better, and that in turn will carry over and trickle down to my athletes. Plus, I'm always trying to find new ways that I can offer more in an effective way and also keep things fresh, you know, because sometimes training can get a little stale, can get a little boring. And the Barbell Club is very good about weathering the storm on when we're doing just, you know, straight up weightlifting, snatch, clean and jerk, squat over and over every single day. Uh, but I do like to spice things up a little bit to keep everyone happy and also making progress. Uh, engaged and happy lifters are going to be lifters that are going to definitely make progress. So our class starts at 6.30. Training starts at 6.30 p.m. And it typically goes to about 8.30 p.m. We will start the session off with some light stretching, making sure the hips are ready to go, shoulders, low back, just hitting all the major spots. And then recently, we have been doing 10 minutes of gymnastics work. We're doing pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, body squats. We're doing GHD hip extensions. We're getting upside down into handstands or doing handstand push-ups. And I know what you might be thinking right now. You're like, James, this sounds a little bit like CrossFit. Well, there's a lot of good things that weightlifters can pull from CrossFit. And one of those things would be some of these exercises that you would normally see CrossFitters do, but maybe not weightlifters, such as a toes to bar. Or even if we just boil it down just back to that push-up, I want my weightlifters to be able to do a set of push-ups and be able to do it well. They're going to be better athletes if they can do that. They're going to have a slightly stronger lockout. They're going to have better shoulder and elbow and wrist stability. They're going to have better core strength if they can do that. So why not work on it as an extension of the warm-up? So we'll spend 10 minutes working for quality movement on each of these exercises. And it might be, we have a series of exercises and we're gonna do uh, 10 reps on each one. We're doing it as a circuit. So if you get to the last exercise, you go right back to the top of the list. Typically I'm expecting most of them to get about three sets or three rounds of this gymnastics practice. So we might finish that little portion having done 30 sit-ups, 30 push-ups, 30 pull-ups, and 30 GHD hip extensions and 30 lunges or 30 squats. That's quite a bit of work, but it's not so much work and it's not done at an intensity that's gonna take away from our weightlifting practice. And actually I've been getting very good feedback about this. People are feeling better going into the barbell work. Sure, they're a little winded, uh, but they're feeling better going into that bar work having not done this at all. We've really gotten that core temperature up and we've said hello to a lot of little stabilizer muscles um, around joints that maybe we normally wouldn't if we're just doing straight barbell work. So a lot of good progress has come out of that part, new portion of class. And I certainly wanna keep that going. Uh, as I was writing this new training cycle that we're on, 
one thing that was in my mind is I want to do more gymnastics work. So I was telling myself, well, hey, maybe I should program, you know, three sets of 10 of pull-ups and dips at the end of class, you know, just as an example. And then I thought to myself, well, all right, James, no one is going to want to do that at the end of class. We're going to get done with snatches. We're going to get done with clean and jerks and squats. And then everyone's going to want to go home. This, this last portion, everyone's going to be exhausted. They're not going to want to do it. It doesn't seem like the important part of class versus if, if you're a weightlifter and you look at the list of exercises and things we have to do, you see the snatch and the clean jerk. Oh, there it is. Those are the things that I'm going to put all of my effort into. And those are the things that I view as important as you should. But you're going to look at those sets of chin-ups and, and push-ups at the end of class and be like, nah, nah. And then maybe you half-ass it a little bit. So by moving it to the front of class, I'm putting a different emphasis on it. We're going to work on it. It's kind of the barrier to entry to get to the barbell. It just needs to be quality. Go at your own pace. Maybe you only got two rounds, two sets. Maybe you got four. The work kind of depends on what you're going to put into it. But if we do this 365, the volume will add up. We will slowly start to get better at these skills. You might be someone who can only do five push-ups in a row. We'll get you up to being able to do 10 push-ups in a row with solid form. Maybe you didn't have a pull-up when we started this and you were just practicing hanging from the bar or doing ring rows. Maybe in six months, you can do three to five strict pull-ups. That's a serious increase in just relative strength and that will definitely benefit our barbell training. And now we don't have to worry about just trying to cram it in at the end of a training session. So that's just another cool thing that's kind of come out of this. Checking my phone here. I got, got to get the laundry out pretty soon here. Uh, anyways, uh, so we do stretching, this gymnastics work. Then we'll do some barbell practice. It'll typically start off with general barbell work. We'll do some back squats, strict presses, good mornings, rows, just a set on each exercise, just kind of get that barbell in our hands. And then we'll go into practicing the skills of the day. We'll practice snatches, three positions, hips, knees, shins, transitions between those positions. We'll practice the clean and jerk. We'll do some accessory drills if those are on the program for the day. And once we're done with all of this warm up, this is all typically done between 6.30 to 7 p.m., uh, then we'll go over what's on the board. So we've just had 30 minutes of solid movement, stretching everything out, getting in some gymnastics practice, moving with a barbell, just getting general barbell work done. Then we do a ton of drilling. It's probably close to 15 minutes of, of practicing snatches and clean and jerks and other things like that. And sometimes I might do just the snatch, have them do the snatch workout. Then we'll strip the bars and then we will go through the uh, prep routine for the clean and jerk. That's also another way I'll do it sometimes. But once we're done with that initial bar work at around seven, then we'll go over what's on the board. And as, from a coaching perspective, here's where I'm laying out the expectations of the day. Hey, we're doing snatch pulls with a shrug and we're gonna hold at the top. Very well-known exercise right now. Everybody in the weightlifting world is seemingly doing it. Uh, I know um, a, a good example would be Maddie Rogers. You can go on her Instagram page and you can see her doing these all the time. And it's a fantastic exercise. It's great for teaching that 
full finish at the extension of the snatch or the clean. It's great for kind of poking holes in someone's balance. So I can lay out the expectations here. Hey guys, we're gonna do X percentage of our snatch on this exercise. Uh, if you stumble on a rep, redo it. If you stumble on a bunch of reps, maybe redo the set. This isn't about max effort. I'll typically have everybody's percentages already written on the board. So that way, right next to their name, it says, Miguel, you're using 100 pounds for this exercise today. And that's with the expectation that we don't need to go heavier today because next week we're going to bump the percentages up. So if you go heavier today, then next week we're going to have to make sure we make that adjustment. But the emphasis here, the expectation isn't heavy. Then we'll move on to the next couple exercises. And the expectation might be, again, crisp movement. We're practicing skills. We're doing uh, tall snatches. On these tall snatches, you can add weight if we're able to hold the technique and get what we're trying to accomplish out of this exercise done for the day. That expectation of having a smooth transition under the bar and practicing pulling under the bar without any extra body English. So of course, if you're adding weight to that exercise, if you aren't able to do the movement correctly, bump the weight down. We don't need to, to push the weight if we're not able to do it correctly at this point in class. Then after that, we might do some snatch grip push presses from behind the head as a third exercise. Again, percentages are written on the board, just trying to build up that upper body strength and that lockout strength for the snatch. And there'll be some nice carry over there too for the jerk. And then we'll finish the training session with some pause snatches. And the expectation here is that you go heavy, that this is, this is maximal effort at this point in the class. And of course we had maximal effort in those other pieces, whoops, there we go, in those other pieces of class, but they were different kinds of max effort. We're looking for a high max effort on skill and technique on the tall snatch. And if you can add in that extra bit of intensity of adding weight, awesome. If not, don't do it, but still give me the speed. Give me the, the, the solid lockout. Let me hear the feet slapping on the floor, move with vicious, violent intent on that skills exercise. That's one way of putting max effort in there. When we're doing percentage work on the pulls or snatch grip push presses, push hard on that push press. I want to see your legs explode violently as you drive that weight up off your shoulders and lock it out. That's how we can put some maximal intent on that exercise. And then finally, when we get to the pause snatches, well, we need to be putting weights on the bar that make us a little nervous when we get to our top sets. I said this yesterday on yesterday's podcast, Kat was doing pause clean and jerks with 100%, her one rep max clean and jerk. And I could see it in her eyes. She's like, All right, I don't know how this is going to go. And she wasn't able to do it. But the thing is, is that she went for it. So there's different types of max effort that we can still apply to all of these different portions of the class. But that comes down to me as a coach is to lay out the expectation and the emphasis. What are we trying to do at each of these points in the program for today? And it'll be different the next day. It'll be different the next week. And it'll be different from program to program because this is just, that's just one small example of what the programming looks like right now at the beginning of the year. Uh, so if we recap back to this past Monday, snatch pulls with a hold and a shrug, 
tall snatches, snatch grip, push press, pause snatches, different set reps, percentages, no percentages, max effort all throughout that day. But it's very much a, a snatch focused day on Monday. Right now, it's a clean and jerk focus on Wednesday. And then today, which is Friday, we'll be doing heavy overhead squats at, with a tempo and then full snatches, full clean and jerks, no pauses, no nothing like that. But we're doing triples on both. So a lot of volume. Seeing if we can have some of those skills from earlier in the week transfer over. And now as a coach, I'm also armed with cues and knowledge based on how I saw people moving on Monday and Wednesday to go into the session today when they're moving at max speed and they're trying to go heavy on these snatches. We have several people in the barbell club that are still working on receiving that bar in a deep squat position. So we're going to use the overhead squat to kind of teach that and get them comfortable going down into that position in a controlled way. And then we're going to bring things back to maybe some of the lessons that we learned earlier in the week with those tall snatches on, hey, let's get down there. Or if you if you power it, overhead squat it down. Keep going down to that position over and over and over until it becomes second nature. I have some people who chronically cut the pull short. Well, now we can go back to the lessons learned on those snatch or clean pulls with a shrug and how we need to finish that extension. And these are just little things that I'm thinking about overall. These are my goals as a coach is to make sure that one session carries over into the next on the lessons that we're learning and the expectations that we have for each piece and the movement itself. So if you're a coach, think about these things. Think about the layout and the structure of your athlete's training session. Think about when you're going to try to impart some knowledge and some lessons based on the expectations for each piece. And then learn about it. Write it down in a notebook. Okay, Schaff always cuts his pulls short. Or when he goes to do his pulls, he's having a really hard time keeping the bar tight to his body. He bumps it out and he's having to walk it forward. He's stumbling on every single step. Well, how do you think that's going to go down when he goes to do the snatch? Probably some of those same errors are going to pop up when he goes to do the full movement at speed. He's bumping it out on this pull of a shrug. He's probably going to bump it out when he goes to do a full snatch. And right now, the pull is hard on Monday because we have that pause in it. We're trying to stop and shrug and hold the balance. On Wednesday, it's going to be hard probably when it gets heavier. So that error that he made is going to be magnified tenfold when he gets up to 90% and above. So we got to fix it early. We got to work on keeping that balance. We got to work on keeping the bar closer to the body, making better contact and not letting the bar get out away from you. Continue to keep pulling violently under the bar with a nice solid lockout. And those are all the things that we worked on with the snatch pull, the shrug, the tall snatch, and also the push press from behind the neck. Not to mention we had that grit and that will to fight and that maximal effort mentality worked on during our pause snatches when things felt really, really hard, but we were able to try to work to hold our technique. So all kinds of things talked about today. That's what's kind of going on in the, the world of programming, lesson planning, coaching, what's boiling around and going around in my mind right now. I will say one other thing, when it is time for those max effort exercises, 
typically what I look for as a coach is high percentage. So today we're doing triples. Okay, well, let's do triples. We have a PR, right? So of course, we're going to try to PR our best triple, but let's also see how high of a percentage in terms of our max single we can get. Because I mean, when you have newer athletes joining the club, it's definitely not unheard of for them to a couple weeks into training, do their old one rep max for a triple. And it's like, okay, that's pretty darn good. I think the last person to do that was Bella. Uh, and she might've done it with a double, but that's, those are those early beginner gains. But what I'm always looking for there is high percentage. How close can you get to that number that's in your head? If you get 80%, okay, awesome. Now I want 85. If you give me 85, I'm going to want 90. It's kind of like the, the mouse and the cookie. If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. If you give him a glass of milk, he's going to want to sit down and read a book or whatever it is. I can't remember the, the full extent of the story, but that's how it goes with me as a coach. Give me 80%, I want 85%. Give me 85%, I want 90%. Let's keep pushing the percentages on these workouts that we're doing max effort with. And that's the expectation there is that we aim for high percentage and see if we can set new records and also keep pushing that upper single from the bottom. Because if we can certainly keep bumping up the triples and the doubles, I fully expect that single to be inching up as well and just gaining confidence in that lift. And the funny thing about that, it's, it's interesting. When someone does do that, when they do their old one rep max for a new double, it just goes to show that, okay, that one rep max was the limit for that particular day, but it maybe wasn't even necessarily your true one rep max. I think sometimes, you know, you hit a number and that number is your new max and that becomes your new ceiling. And it's like, no, 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 you're fully capable of more. You could probably do more later on in the day or maybe the next day or on the weekend or the next week. It's just, we, we tend to put those barriers above our heads with certain numbers, especially when maybe you focus too much on the numbers, which as an athlete, maybe you don't focus on the numbers. Let your coach worry about the numbers. You focus on the lifting. Don't worry about what's on the bar. Don't think, oh man, this is 130, this is 140, whatever it is, just put your hands on the bar, get set and go. Um, and don't put that limit on you. And that's what I think brings people to being able to do their one rep maxes as a double or a triple even, is at some point you stop thinking about the expectation that this is gonna be the one, one heavy single is gone. Now you're just trying to get from one rep to the next. And that's when you connect to it and it builds a whole new level of confidence because there's no ceiling on a double. So you just kind of get up there into a high percentage realm. Then you put your old one rep max on there and you hit it for a double because that first rep doesn't matter because maybe you're worried about or you're focused on getting two reps done. And then you hit that first rep, then it's time for the double. And you're like, okay, well, the, I'm just going to go for it now. I'm just going to see if I can do this. And you move a little freer. You go under that bar, you lock it out, you stand up with it. And you're like, well, shit, I guess I'm stronger. I, I'm get, I guess my techniques got a little better. Or maybe I was capable of doing more the last time I did this. Just something I've been kind of thinking about, especially for myself. I know I've certainly done that before. It's like, why, why did I put so much mental weight on that one weight that in the grand scheme of things, 
isn't really heavy. It's just happens to be the most I've done so far. And why am I letting it affect me psychologically so much? If I want to do this weight for two reps, I'll do it for two. If I want to do it for three, I'll do it for three. I definitely can. I just have to believe in myself and not put that ceiling above my head that it's not possible. And the only way to do that is, get, again, put your hands on the bar and move freely. And don't think about the number, just move. Because that's what you're practicing every single day at the gym, every single part of the class, every single, every single year. Uh, depending on how long you've been doing this. So guys, that's all I've got for you today. Hopefully this was helpful. Uh, this is the last show of the week. I'll be back on Monday with more to talk about. Make sure you follow the Barbell Strikes Back. Make sure you follow me, James A. McDermott. Check out the Barbell Strikes Back on YouTube. I'll be filming a brand new demo video for the Darth Vader workout this weekend. I've got Shaf, Miguel, and Renee coming into the gym. We're going to film that workout if you listened to the Jeremy Ryther Wadwell podcast that I did several weeks ago, uh, I mentioned the Darth Vader workout all the way at the end of that two-hour episode. We certainly got to talking. He, Jeremy was very easy to talk to. I think we could have gone three hours had we wanted. But anyways, that workout will be getting a demo video and it will be on YouTube very shortly. I'll announce when, when it is and I'll talk about that workout on a future show. And it'll also eventually someday be on the Wadwell website. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you so much for listening. One last shout out to Mike Mickery. Glad you're making progress. Hope to see you again at the gym soon. Everybody have a great day.